We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Preborn. When a mother meets her baby on an ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection. And the majority of the time, she will choose life. But she can't do it without our help. Preborn needs us, the pro-life community, to come alongside her. One ultrasound is just $28. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or visit preborn.com. Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. legal counsel to President Trump. Jenna Ellis. Good morning, and we are all praying for Israel this morning and through the weekend as the worst terrorism attack in decades uh, has occurred, and Israel has now formally declared war on Hamas after this cruel attack. Uh, According to the National Review this morning, Israel formally declared war with Hamas, the first time the Jewish state has undertaken such a move since the 1973 Yom Kippur War. The announcement coincided with a statement from a Hamas spokesman confirming that Iran provided support ahead of the terrorist group surprise assault on Israel early Saturday morning. So we are continuing to monitor this situation, and uh, the state has acknowledged that over 600 Israelis, including American citizens, have been killed so far. That number is expected to rise with over 2,000 wounded. So we are uh, praying for that. And this comes, of course, as the the U.S. House of Representatives voted last week to vacate the Speaker uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives. So Speaker McCarthy is now the former Speaker, and uh, Congress is a little bit crippled in terms of the response. So joining me now is Representative Mike Collins from the great state of Georgia. And he voted no uh, on vacating the chair and to keep Speaker McCarthy. So good Good morning, uh, Representative Collins, and let's start there um, with this information coming out of Israel. Uh, and we don't have a speaker, so how much does this impact the United States response? Yeah, hey, good morning, Jenna. I, please, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm in my truck. I'm headed up towards the airport now to get back to D.C. But uh, I think that just shows the uh, the, the, the many aspects of, of the House of Representatives and what the Speaker is responsible for. And, you know, right now, without us having a Speaker, we can't even vote on a resolution condemning what happened, much less vote on uh, providing aid to Israel, anything from, from, from first aid to munitions, uh, because we do not have a Speaker of the House. Matter of fact, we can't vote on anything. Uh, the only thing we can do is vote on the speaker right now. So as far as appropriations, everything else is uh, committee work can still be done, but it doesn't do any good if you can't bring it to the floor. 
Yeah, and, and I appreciate you joining us as you're making your way back uh, to D.C. And so safe travels for everyone there. And it was, um, I think, a f really frustrating to a lot of people who wanted to see uh, the the House of Representatives continue on with their business that the Speaker Pro Tem um, just adjourned session for the rest of last week. Um, and, and hopefully, if that hadn't occurred, we could have had a speaker in place by today. Uh, but what is the plan for this week? There have been some reports and, and probably just speculation that a vote would occur as early earliest tomorrow. What have you heard and uh, what can we expect from the House this week? Well, and, and let's back up. Last week, you know, um, they had Diane Feinstein, Senator Feinstein's uh, funeral on Thursday. So you had a number of, of the California delegation. They were going to not be in D.C. Now, in my opinion, I think leadership is just tough and sometimes you, you have to sacrifice. I've done it all my life and they've we probably should have stayed, period. Uh, even if we had the McCarthy as our speaker. And then, of course, today is Columbus Day. I've never seen or felt as many federal holidays as I have since I've been in Congress. Uh, it seems like every other week we've got a holiday going on for one day. But uh, good Lord willing, we will have a speaker in place. Um, you know, tonight we get back, uh, go into conference at 6, and uh, we discuss all this. And, We've got some good people that are running. Um, I've not committed to who I'm going to vote for yet. And, uh, you know, uh, we should come out tomorrow and vote and get this thing back on track and get back to work. And I'm speaking with Representative Mike Collins out of the great state of Georgia. And there has been some uh, speculation as well that even though Speaker McCarthy has formally said that he is not intending to run again, that some members of the Cong of, of the uh, Congressional con Conference who did not vote to vacate the chair, and obviously it was just the Democrats with those eight other Republicans, uh, could ultimately uh, nominate him and show such uh, an overwhelming block that no one else would get to those that requisite number, which I believe is 218 votes. Um, is that a possibility, or what can be expected from the conference meetings tonight? What are you anticipating? You know, I, I've, I've heard that, seen a little bit of that on the news. Um, you know, I, there's no telling. You, we don't know. I, I don't know anything other than what I've heard on the news either. Um, and, and I did not vote to, to vacate the chair this time. You know, it, it, um, to me, it was, it was ill timing, Jen. I, I'm, I'm just an old business guy and in the trucking business. And God forbid we have an accident. I don't pull up on the accident scene and start trying to litigate who was at fault with my safety guy or my mechanics or the other party or whatever. You clean up the mess. And then when you get through cleaning everything up, then when you get back, you start figuring out who is at fault and hold people accountable. But we were right in the middle of appropriations. And, and as a matter of fact, last week we were supposed to mark up, amend, and vote on another three appropriation bills. We had over 70% of the appropriations done. Granted, they were late. And, and, and I want to know what happened, too. And I want to fix that because it seems like for 40 or 50 years we've not been able to pass our appropriation bills. So we, I, we must have a process problem somewhere. But uh, I thought it was, it was just bad timing. And now you stack this. You see the world watches us. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that played into a factor of when this was going to occur. Yeah, they may have been planning it back in August. But uh, this just gave them more opportunity because we're sitting there. Uh, the House is not able to do anything. And we hold the money. We hold the purse strings. 
So if any money is going to be spent, it's going to start in the House, and we're not able to do that right now. And that's a great point, Representative Mike Collins, that, you know, with so much aid that has been given to Ukraine that I think a lot of uh, our AFR audience uh, objects to and doesn't support for a variety of reasons, uh, myself included. Um, I, I think that, you know, we really need to look at uh, what are the U.S. interests in Ukraine and, and a whole lot of other questions that really haven't been uh, resolved or acknowledged uh, by the speaker, uh, the former speaker. Um, and others, but in terms of of Israel and an aid to Israel, um, you know the evangelical Christian community supports Israel. We hate to see this, and so uh, what is what is your hope in terms of um, it, assuming we can quickly get a speaker, there can be a coalition, and we get someone uh, in installed, hopefully a Republican, and um, and then moving forward in terms of um, aid to Israel and a response uh, to this horrific and cruel attack. And, and I know you said that in jest, but let's think about that in reality. There are a number of, of, of Republicans who are in very Biden districts, and if they see this continue, they will form a coalition, and that will be the worst thing that will ever happen to the U.S. House of Representatives. But the other two things that I want to make sure that we hit on, yes, we are a, we are a Christian nation. As a matter of fact, it's in the Bible. You bless Israel, and you will be blessed. That's our job. That is, the, that is one of the main jobs of the United States of America is to p- protect and bless Israel. And we need to make sure that we do that. We talk about Ukraine. I am dead set against funding Ukraine, one of the most crooked countries there in this world. And, and look at what has, it has done. Jim. It, you've got China sitting over there. I, if I was in Taiwan and I was a Taiwanese, I'd be scared to death. Not only have we depleted our strategic petroleum reserves sent that to China, sold it to them. We've sent our weapons over to Ukraine, and we've left Taiwan, who've actually purchased weapons. Their, their weapons have gone to Ukraine. So they're sitting over there with a problem with China. The whole world watches us. And, and I think sometimes that, uh, that maybe we don't realize that. But, uh, but we, it is necessary that we get a speaker put in place as soon as possible. That's why I'm going back. There's a number of us, especially freshmen, we're, we're all headed back right now uh, to do whatever we can, be standing there ready to vote and get our house back open and, and get back to business. And we're very grateful for your leadership, uh, Representative Mike Collins, and for the others who see that we do need to get a speaker in place so that we can uh, get business done and particularly supporting Israel. And uh, we are very grateful here at AFR for uh, your support of Israel, for recognition of um, of our Christian heritage and the Christian foundation of America. And, um, you know, it, it is said a little bit in jest that, um, you know, hopefully it's a Republican because that was one of my concerns, frankly, was that the moderates or um, some of the Republicans who wouldn't vote for a far-right speaker, um, say a Jim Jordan or even a Steve Scalise, who uh, Steve Scalise supports Ukraine and that funding um, where Jim Jordan uh, does not. And I think there are some differences there that are important. Um, I do think both would support aid um, to Israel. But if there was a coalition of the moderate Republicans, it wouldn't take that many uh, to get to the 218 mark. And we could end up with a speaker Hakeem Jeffries. And I think that would be um, ultimately really bad for the Republican majority, but that's a possibility. Um, so what is, oh, what is the... 
Yeah. I just wanted to add to that. You know, you, even when you go back to the, the continuous resolution um, arguments that we had, you had enough of, of Republicans stand up who were in liberal Biden districts. They stood up and they said, if you think that you're going to have a government shutdown, and that's one of the options on the table, take it off. There are 212 Democrats that have signed a discharge petition for a clean CR right now. We will join them, and they will get a clean CR. So they have already made a statement that, that they will make sure that government stays functioning at, at virtually any cost. Uh, and so that coalition government, I mean, you know, don't, don't underestimate that. Some people will, will, will do that. Uh, if they feel that's what's necessary to, uh, to to keep some things functioning and keep them in their seat. Yeah, well, um, one of one of our uh, Republican leaders, uh, Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana, once told me, you know, Congress is a team sport and you have to build coalitions. And one of the concerns that I had that I think a lot of uh, the American people had in seeing uh, the quick motion to vacate the chair was that there was not a coalition supporting a next speaker. It was, let's get McCarthy out, but not um, an heir apparent and not someone yet that there is a coalition uh, around. And that's concerning, particularly when uh, we're looking at uh, some of these world events that need to be acknowledged and responded to. And so in just the last few minutes I have with you, Representative Mike Collins, um, what do you know, if anything, or what would you uh, want Congress to be inquiring into in terms of um, the Biden administration and the failure of the United States um, to have this type of intelligence um, in terms of what we're learning about the attack on Israel. There was an intelligence failure on Israel's part, but also, um, I mean, we are an ally to Israel. And so what does that say about the Biden administration? Yeah, well, I think the Biden administration has proved, uh, Jenna, that they're still playing politics. You know, even though we have a speaker pro tem. Um, he was not allowed to participate in the intel briefings over the weekend. Now, Hakeem Jeffries was as the ranking minority. Uh, so, so even if you say, okay, well, then why wasn't our majority leader included? I mean, he's the same rank as, as Hakeem Jeffries. So right. it's, it's all about politics to them. It, it, the $6 billion, everybody knows that Iran, as soon as they got the, the, the ink dry that they were going to get that money back, that uh, their humanitarian uh, reasons and things they spend money on is to get rid of Israel, and they think that's humanitarian. They they use that just like anybody would a line of credit in business. And the Biden administration needs to be held accountable for what what they did know or what they didn't know, what the lack of of intel that they had. And uh, and in my opinion. And I think we uh, lost Representative Mike Collins, but we are out of time for this segment anyway. And Godspeed to you, sir, if you are still uh, listening. We will be praying that a speaker, a good speaker, gets in place quickly and that the United States' response to this atrocity in Israel uh, can be swift and that we can help out our allies. So we'll be talking about this more um, on the other side of the break with my good friend Joel Rosenberg. So we will be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. Did you?
know that every day, Preborn's network of clinics experiences 200 miracles? How? Preborn gives women with unplanned pregnancies a window into their womb through free ultrasounds, introducing them to the beautiful life growing inside. Once she meets her child inside her womb and hears their heartbeat, the chance of her baby's life doubles. Because of the generosity of you and me who donate just $28 to sponsor an ultrasound, Preborn can do this. The cost of a dinner can save a life, the most worthwhile investment you can make. All gifts are tax deductible and go entirely to saving babies. Someday you may meet a baby that you rescued and you can give them a hug. Or maybe they'll give you a hug. Maybe they'll even save your life as they grow and pursue meaningful careers. One thing is for sure, you will never regret saving a child's life because life is a miracle. Please donate your best gift today. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back. And we are covering this morning uh, what is going on in Israel and the atrocity of this terrorism attack on Saturday morning in the ongoing conflict as Israel formally declares war on Hamas. So joining me now is my good friend, Joel Rosenberg, who is the founder and editor-in-chief of All Israel News and is joining us from Jerusalem. So good morning, Joel. And um, first of all, are you and your family safe? And uh, what does it look like in terms of uh, where you are at specifically? And hopefully we have uh, Joel. I can't hear him if if we do. So we will try to work on that um, because he is joining us from Israel. So sometimes our connection. Oh, okay. And I'm being told in my ear that I believe that Joel is here. So uh, good morning um, or good afternoon, almost there. Uh, Joel, if you're with us, um, are you safe and your family safe? What does it look like on the ground there? Yes, Jenna, sorry about that technical difficulty all the way over here in Jerusalem. Yeah, we're here in the capital. Uh, Lynn and I and our our family is safe by God's grace so far. But, Jenna, we are facing the worst war in a generation here in Israel. Um, I want to just lead with this first thought, just to give it in context, okay? We, the, the Israeli government just announced officially that we have more than 800 Israelis that have been killed in the last 72 hours. Now, that's horrific at any level, right? I mean, 800 people dying in three days is terrible. But remember that Israel is a small country of 10 million people. The United States is a continent with 330 million people, right? So the United States is 33 times larger than us population-wise. So imagine if, if you had to report to your audience, Jenna, that 26,000 Americans had died in 72 hours. That would be, you know, eight times worse than 9-11. Like, that's the emotional impact of what's happening here in Israel right now. And we're trying to cover it on all Israel news uh, as journalists, but it's taking an emotional toll. Yeah, I I just can't imagine. And um, you, my pastor, and and I know your friend um, Gino Geraci is also um, over there. He had flown out. Um, I believe it was Saturday morning as well. Um, he is safe over there, but I know there are so many 
um, even tourists that are there and, and others that are um, trying to uh, to get out of the country. And um, we are just praying for the safety of everyone involved. And this type of uh, perspective that, that you're giving in terms of um, a similar um, type of situation, if that were to happen to the United States, um, would would just be absolutely devastating. And this uh, also came as um, there was a uh, a Jewish holiday as well. And so um, a number of uh, Jewish commentators over the weekend, including our good friend Ben Shapiro, um, have not comment, commented on that. And um, what do you know about the intentionality of the attack on um, this specific time frame? Yeah, let me take that in several pieces, Jenna. First, uh, yes, I know Gino Geraci very, very well. Um, I was supposed to meet him here in Israel, but then this war erupted, and then he decided to evacuate to Jordan. I've been texting with him in Jordan, and there was a tour group that had just arrived for me to lead them this week. They are now evacuating to Jordan. My oldest son and his wife and her brother have all been here this past week, They've been trying to leave, but the flights are canceled and being rescheduled. So that's just a little bit of a like a personal way of understanding. The airport isn't closed, but major airlines are canceling their flights because of the risk. There's been more than 3,400 rockets fired from Gaza, the Gaza Strip at Israel in the last 72 hours. Um, the Iron Dome system is, uh, you know, knocking down a lot of them. But it is, it, 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 is a, it is a scale of war that we just haven't seen probably um, since 1973 uh, when Egypt and, and Syria invaded on our highest holy day in the Jewish calendar, Yom Kippur. That, of course, became known as the Yom Kippur War. Interesting and terrifying, Jenna, because it's not just rockets and missiles flying at us. Um, but it's also the fact that uh, Israel was just, com- just a com- colossal intelligence failure. The Israeli government, the Israeli military just did not see this coming. So badly were they prepared, or really unprepared, that they didn't have lots of combat soldiers along that border because it, it was a Jewish series of holidays. They just sent most people home, and they didn't see what was coming. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bloodthirsty Hamas terrorists blew up our border wall between Israel and Gaza and then came storming into farms, villages, small towns, shooting, stabbing, killing everybody they could find. And those that they didn't kill, they captured and kidnapped and took back to Gaza. So um, why are they doing it? They're doing it because they are funded, armed and directed by the terrorist regime in Iran. Uh, the terrorist regime in Iran that is just got $6 billion, $6 billion from the Biden administration. Why? Because the Biden administration wanted to get five hostages, American Iranian dual citizen hostages, back. Well, we traded Iranian hostages for those hostages. Why did the Biden administration give Iran's regime $6 billion when you when you pay for terrorism, you get more, and that's what we're getting right now. We're Israel is is paying the price for Biden's horrific blunders. And Joel Rosenberg, this is just a, another tragedy uh, in the column of Biden's failed leadership, and it is. 
um, absolutely devastating um, for everyone in Israel and um, and a failure of uh, intelligence. And and speaking of how Israel missed um, their intelligence, um, the uh, former DNI John Radcliffe, who uh, was there during President Trump's administration, um, I actually got to know him really well through my work with uh, the administration and uh, the campaign side. And he said this last night to Trey Gowdy on Fox News about Israel's missed intelligence. And I want to get your response to this. So this is cut one. How does a country known for its intelligence, the Mossad, known for its intelligence, how does it get caught off guard? Well, Trey, it's uh, it's a broader question than just why did Israel and Mossad miss this, but why did U.S. intelligence miss it as well? Both countries have acknowledged uh, an element of, of surprise to this attack, and both are looking at, you know, whether this is an issue of, w- w- is there a blind spot in encrypted communications? Did Hamas change their operational security measures? Um, so they were able to communicate in a way that our intelligence, uh, both the U.S. and Israeli intelligence, didn't pick up that we did previously? Or is the situation where the intelligence was there and it was in plain sight? There's been a lot of open source reporting about meetings between, uh, you know, Quds Force General Connie with uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad back in April, and the Iranian president meeting with those same groups in Syria in in April. Um, But to to your point, Trey, one of the things, I spoke with one of my former counterparts um, in the Mossad yesterday, and, you know, as the U.S. relationship with Israel has changed from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, and the Biden administration has spent time courting Iran and negotiating with Iran and at times pleading with Iran and certainly enriching Iran, the intelligence relationship between the U.S. and Israel has changed as well. And there's an element where, um, you know, it, it may be that we're not sharing information as, as much as we were in the past because of an element of mistrust that the U.S. is, um, you know, siding with uh, Iran more than Israel is comfortable with. So, Jill Rosenberg, your response. Well, there's no question that uh, President Biden's decision to give $6 billion to a terrorist regime uh, was not only foolish, but you get what you pay for. When you give terrorists money, they're going to spend it on more terrorism. That's not rocket science, although, and and no pun intended, I shouldn't say it that way, I guess, given that we're under siege with a rocket fire. Uh, Now, that being said, look, as critical as I am of the Biden administration uh, for what I just told you, um, it's Israel's intelligence failure alone. Like we, it's our job to know what's happening in our backyard. And I think what's happened is that the Israeli government got lulled into a false sense of security because we keep making peace treaties with our Arab neighbors, right? Under President Trump, God bless them, you know, four new Arab-Israeli peace treaties, the Abraham Accords. Um, and now we are we we thought we were within weeks or months of a, of a massive game changing new peace treaty with Saudi Arabia. And I hope we still are. But just because we are peace with more and more Arab countries doesn't mean our enemies don't hate us. And Iran is the main enemy that wants to wipe us off the planet, annihilate us, liquidate us, commit genocide. They're they're honest about that. And who are they funding, arming, training, and directing? It's it's terror organizations like Hamas in Gaza, but also the Hezbollah uh, movement uh, in Lebanon and the Houthis in in Yemen. I guess I guess Jenna, if you want to start a a, a pro Iranian 
anti-Israel terrorist organization and get funding from Iran, you just have to start your organization with an H, right? Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis. But so we understand that. But for Israel to let our guard down and not have combat soldiers on that border, not have um, enough intelligence assets in place, uh, you know, uh, I could go into more detail, but it's probably more than your American listeners can absorb at the moment. But the point is, this is our failure, okay? And there will be time for recriminations, investigations. There'll be a political blowback here. But right now, Israel can't afford to, um, you know, to, to have a fight amongst ourselves. Hamas has accomplished what Netanyahu couldn't. He is, they have unified the country, right? We had hundreds of thousands of people protesting the Netanyahu government for the last 40 weeks. But that has all ended. Even the opposition leaders are now standing with Netanyahu, saying they were they are even willing to join the government during the fight because we are about to go into a massive war, a massive war with Hamas in Gaza, and the situation could go from bad to worse. We're doing course coverage minute by minute, hour by hour at allisrael.com. That's our news site, All Israel, uh, uh, All Israel News. That's what we call it. And uh, and we're trying to help people understand what's happening from multiple angles. But Biden has a big has he really has to completely change his policy towards Iran because he's he's funding and encouraging the wrong people. But ultimately, tactically, this is Israel's failure. And and what does a uh, declaration of war uh, due ultimately to the political landscape in terms of the potential uh, peace talks. And, and just before you answer that question, um, I just got this in breaking news that at least nine Americans were killed in the Israel war, according to the United States State Department. So Secretary of State Tony Blinken just announced um, that the nine that there were nine Americans at least that were killed in the Israel war. So um, that does, I think, involve uh, the United States a little bit more in terms of our response. And of course, we're continuing to monitor uh, Congress and what's going on uh, with the uh, the speaker battle there. Um, but Joel Rosenberg, um, editor-in-chief of All Israel News, in terms of the declaration of war by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, what does that do ultimately with the ongoing peace talks in terms of the political landscape? Well, this, it complicates them. That's the simple answer. What is, what is Hamas's goal? That's that's the key thing to ask. Why, Hamas is trying to lure Israel into a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip. Now, let me make, make a couple of notes. One, Israel does not occupy the Gaza Strip. Israel withdrew all of our people and all of our soldiers from Gaza and gave the entire territory back to the Palestinian people, for them to run it and then govern themselves back in 2005. Okay, so we're almost coming up on 20 years where Israel hasn't occupied Gaza at all. That's important. So what 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 is Hamas trying to do? Hamas is trying to lure us into a ground war in Gaza. Why? Because it's going to be bloody. It's urban warfare, and it's street to street, apartment to apartment, building to building. They've got traps. They've got booby traps. They've got landmines. Right? It's going to be very slow going if you if you run a normal conventional ground war. Why do they want that? They obviously we will win because we're much larger and much more you know, technologically savvy, and it's our defense, our civilization on the line. 
why would Hamas pick a fight with a much larger uh, ground force? Because they want Palestinians to die. Yes, they want to kill Jews. They want to kill Israelis. But Hamas wants Palestinians to die in large numbers. Not that we will try to do that, but there will be collateral damage because you're going into an urban environment, right? It happened in Fallujah. It happened in Baghdad. It happened in Ramadi. It happened in Kabul. That ground wars are painful and messy. They're not surgical and they're not precise. Now, why does Hamas, the head of the Palestinians in Gaza, why do they want Palestinians to die? Because they want television images on CBS, NBC, you know, MSNBC, BBC, Al Jazeera, to flip the story. Right now, the world is sympathetic to Israel, right? We've been attacked. We've got Israelis dying. Uh, People are shocked. Even the NBA put out a statement in solidarity of Israel. That's going to change. We know it. What Hamas wants is to blow up the peace process with uh, Saudi, and, and they want all the other Arab countries to leave it because they're going to say, you can't make peace with monsters. The Israelis are monsters and you have to stop them. It's Hamas who's the monsters, but we, so we have a very difficult game ahead of us. Not game, I mean, you know, it's a very difficult uh, road ahead of us. Netanyahu has to navigate. How do you win the war? How do you protect Israeli lives? How do you bring justice to the terrorists? without creating a whole new problem where everybody in the world will condemn us and isolate us, even Biden. Remember, And and we'll take a break right there, Joel Rosenberg, and we'll get more of his commentary on the other side of the break. We were talking about Israel and this cruel attack. We'll be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. We want to welcome a new sponsor to American Family Radio, and I hope you give them your full support, and that's Christian Healthcare Ministries, chministries.org. If you're like most of us, you're feeling the strain of rising healthcare costs. Well, good news, Christian Healthcare Ministries may be the answer you're looking for. CHM is an affordable, faith-based option to traditional healthcare that provides members the freedom to choose doctors without worrying about networks or waiting periods since they are not insurance. Can you say freedom. CHM is the longest serving health cost sharing ministry and has been around for over 40 years, helping Christians pay for and pray for one another's medical bills. They are tried and true and have members in all 50 states and around the world and have covered billions in medical bills. Members not only get advantages from the affordability, flexibility, and reliability of CHM, but they also receive access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise that doctors across the country appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. Make the switch today by visiting chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back, and I am so grateful that our good friend Joel Rosenberg is uh, here with us for a long time on the program this morning so that we can do a deep dive into what is going on 
in Israel and uh, the response in terms of the formal declaration of war and uh, also the United States uh, response or right now kind of lack of response. And um, so, so Joel Rosenberg, I also uh, saw this exchange that you had on social media with uh, our friend Joel Pollack. Um, who is also Jewish, uh, who is an editor at Breitbart. Um, He's been on the show a number of times as well. He said, I have broken the Sabbath and Jewish holiday to deliver this message. Israel should wipe out Gaza, allow 48 hours to evacuate women, children, and the elderly, destroy everything that remains, plow it under, and annex it to Israel. This is the end for Hamas and Palestinian terror. And you responded, are you crazy? I am an Israeli. I want my country to defeat Hamas, reestablish security, and liberate our hostages. But genocide is not the answer, Joel Pollack. Uh, Two million Palestinians live in the Gaza Strip. They are also suffering under Hamas's reign of terror. Um, so, so this response, I mean, how... I think this goes into what you were saying before the break, that this would just kind of play into um, the the whole overall political landscape. And so how are you seeing um, the, the the Jews around the world responding to this? And what is the best uh, strategic move at this point for Israel and for the United States, um, if and when we get a speaker, can provide aid packages, um, et cetera, in terms of um, the, the next steps forward to deal with this? Yeah, those are a good set of great questions, uh, Jenna. Let me break them out again uh, piece by piece. First, yes, we need a Speaker of the House in Washington because we absolutely need an aid package. What we need is to be able to um, re, uh, we need to build, you know, hundreds of thousands of more rocket interceptors immediately, right? Iron Dome interceptors because we're under siege here. And so we need more. Uh, and the United States is our great ally. We're super, super grateful. We're not asking for American ground troops. Uh, we're asking f- for help uh, so that we can, fi- you know, so we can fight the war ourselves. But, you know, our deal with with America is that we invented the Iron Dome, but America funds it and builds it. So fine. But we need them to do that quickly. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, yeah. Look, I understand the emotion that Joel Pollack and others have. Right. It's the same emotion after 9-11 when you say, well, if the you know take Al Qaeda in Iraq or in Afghanistan and let's just nuke them, let's just nuke the whole country and turn it into glass. That's a, that's emotion, that's rage, uh, that's revenge. I, I get it. Uh, it just you know it's not a policy. You, you can't just you can't just kill two million people uh, or let's say oh you're going to get rid of the, the women and children. Where are they going to go? Like they, they, I, the Gaza Strip is the most densely populated place on the planet. To their to their west, it's the Mediterranean. To their east, it's Israel. To their north, it's Israel. And to the south, it's Egypt. So Egypt doesn't want a, a million or a million and a half Palestinians rushing into the Sinai. And Israel's fighting the war right now on the east and north. So there's no place to evacuate innocent civilians. They are under they are not under Israeli occupation in Gaza. Those poor Palestinians are under Hamas occupation. So you can't just say we're going to just kill everything that we see in Gaza. Not only would that be immoral as a Jew, as a Christian, I can't imagine what faith you could possibly have in in which that was a good thing. It's not. Genocide's never good. Uh, But also it would it would it would, you know, end Israel's moral superiority. We have the moral high ground. We've been hit, but. Look, it has bad, as bad as it is, as emotionally painful as it is, we are resilient. 
We've been going through this for 4,000 years. We've certainly been going through it as Israelis for 75 years. I've only been an Israeli for, for nine years, and I've been through three wars. So we're resilient, and by the grace of God, we're going to win. But we have to win smart, okay? It doesn't make sense to just start shooting everything we see. And, and and I think that type of uh, foreign policy is is wise uh, to to say let's not just start shooting everything that we see. Um, and, and turning uh, Joel Rosenberg to uh, the Christian response and understanding this through a biblical lens, um, of course, with the support that every Christian should have for the nation of Israel, for uh, the people of God, uh, and and for um, this particular uh, promised land. Um, there are a, there's a lot of commentary about whether we are seeing um, Ezekiel 37 and 37 play out, uh, or 37 and 38 play out, and um, the end times in terms of biblical prophecy. I know you've written um, extensively on these types of topics. Um, What do you make as a Christian of what's going on in Israel um, and contrasting that and comparing it with what we see in terms of biblical prophecy? Sure. Well, um, okay, uh, several points. First, I would say that, yes, um, I, I want to make it clear, and I, I hope you've heard it in, in what I've been saying to you this morning, uh, Jenna, which is uh, God commands us to love Israel and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and stand with Israel. There's no question that God loves Israel and the Jewish people and has a special place in the world and in his heart for us. But he also commands us to love our neighbors, right? And, and, and that, that was true in the Old Testament. Jesus commands it in the New Testament, and Jesus practiced it. So what does that mean for us? It means we need to have compassion on the Palestinians who are under the reign of terror of Hamas. It's not just Israelis who are suffering. Palestinians are suffering, okay? So that's why we have to have not an either-or approach as Christians towards the Arab-Israeli conflict. We have to have a both-and. Yes, Israel is the right to live here, and, and, and God gave us this land, and he, and he loves us. But we also have to love and compassion for the neighbors. That's why I started two news sites three years ago, All Israel News and All Arab News. They're interlinked, they're interconnected, but we've got Israeli, uh, Jewish, and Palestinian, and Lebanese, and, and American, of course, uh, journalists and, and, and team members working with us, because we're covering both sides. At the same time, fairly and honestly, when most of the media normally doesn't cover it, and when they do, they cover Israel with a tremendous bias against us, as though it's always our fault. And you watch, Jenna. You'll probably have me on in another couple of days, and, and I'll start pointing out specific examples of how American mainstream media ha- is making it look like our fault. So that's coming. We just know that. The other thing is— um, and so we would we very much appreciate people uh, coming to All Israel uh, News. You can find it at allisrael.com. You can sign up for our free daily email uh, newsletter so, you're, so that the email, the headline just comes straight to you. You can certainly follow me um, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram. And we also could use financial support right now. We're, we're small compared to, I mean, remember CNN when they started their digital, they, they, they wasted $300 million in a month. We, we don't have those resources, but we are uh, we're providing a good service here. But also, how do you actually care for people? Humanitarian relief, strengthening Christians on the ground, Messianic Jews, Israeli uh, and Arab evangelicals, so they can be strong and care for their neighbors. So 17 years ago, my wife and I started a ministry called the, jo- the Joshua 
Fund. People can find it at joshuafund.com. And over the last 17 years, we've raised and invested more than $100 million, or almost $100 million in, in humanitarian relief, caring for Jews and Arabs, Israelis and Palestinians, and strengthening the church here. So that, that's a great way to practice it. How can I make a difference right now? One is to help us do fair, honest, accurate journalism, but also caring for the poor and needy and those who are suffering, uh, both with All Israel News and the Joshua Fund. Oh, great. And and I always appreciate uh, your commentary and your ministry, Jill Rosenberg. Um, I subscribe to uh, to All Israel News and uh, follow you on social media. And of course, I'm always really grateful when you can come on the program to uh, to give us uh, the perspective that you have that is, of course, not the mainstream media and so that we can trust your reporting and the perspective um, from a biblical worldview as well. And so um, for people who um, who want to continue to pray for Israel and um, who are, you know, like me, just watching this, feeling like, you know, this is going on on the other side of the world compared to where we are at in the United States. We're seeing that Congress is not even in session to help provide um, aid or anything else. Um, How can Christians best pray for Israel at this time? Well, I, thank you, and uh, and again, we're we're providing those types of updates at both uh, All Israel News and the Joshua Fund. But the short version for you and your listeners, and thank you for subscribing to us and and uh, and, and and letting me have a voice to your audience, which I so appreciate. Um, the best way to pray is 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 knowledgeably, right? So yes, of course, you want to pray um, for healing for the twenty two hundred Israelis that are wounded, and of course the many thousands of Palestinians who are wounded, uh, comfort and emotional and, and spiritual healing for the family and friends of those who've lost loved ones in the, just in the last 72 hours. You can pray for uh, the leaders of Israel to uh, have wisdom. Uh, they need miraculous uh, help from God with intelligence and, and wisdom to know just how to fight this war and win, and win as quickly and painlessly as possible, you know, painfully as, po- as possible, right? We don't, we don't want this to, to, to spin out of control. It feels out of control right now. We need to pray that God would kill or convert them, the radical Islamists who are running Hamas, change them, take them out, rem- you know, make them surrender, right? God has done this all throughout the Bible. Israel always wins. But sometimes we win when we're walking with God and following him humbly, and sometimes he lets us lose for a while to get our attention. And that's, that is, uh, you know, what's, what was true in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and new is true today. We need to humble ourselves, right? This famous verse uh, is Second Chronicles 7.14, where God is saying to King Solomon, the king of Israel, when he asked, well, what happens when we turn away from you or drift away from you, and we are, and, and you let us lose in a war or get beaten up badly or a famine or a pandemic or a plague or whatever. And God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my faith, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And this is ultimately what we need to do. And I say that not just as a Jew, but as a Jewish Israeli evangelical who believes that Jesus is our Messiah, and he is our hope, uh, and we need to turn to him now more than ever.
So well said. And um, that is also a great admonition for the United States of America as well, that we also need to humble ourselves and turn back to the Lord. And we're seeing uh, so much that's going on um, in the United States that is uh, just just horrible. I mean, it, everything that we normally talk about on this show from the LGBTQ agenda to, uh, you know, the, the Biden regime to the progressive uh, leftist agenda. I mean, all of those things that are just um, really inherently evil because they are not founded in truth. And so if you are uh, not continuing policy and civil government that is aligned with the person of God who is truth, then that necessarily means that it is antithetical to truth. It's false and it's therefore evil. And so, I mean, you can only have one or the other. And so that is a great admonition, uh, Joel Rosenberg, to um, to everyone who is listening, regardless of our nation or our political heritage. Um, we need to be focused on our spiritual heritage and incorporate that into our civil government, which is what the founders of of the United States understood when they uh, birthed a, a Christian nation um, that, that did uh, respect Israel, and we have continued that in our heritage. So in just the last few minutes that I have with you, um, Joel Rosenberg, and I so appreciate your time, and um, we'll definitely uh, have you back on to provide updates, and everyone can go to allisraelnews.com for that. Follow Joel Rosenberg on social media as well for updates. Um, is there, this is kind of the lawyer question in me, but um, is there anything that I have haven't asked you that um, that would be good and helpful for our listeners to know, because I always learn so much from you. And even though I have a lot of questions, um, there are things, of course, that sometimes we don't get to that would be great uh, for our listeners to know. Well, I think one of the maybe one particular thing is to, to understand that at least 100 Israelis, men, women, children, babies, have been captured kidnapped by Hamas terrorists and taken into Gaza. Uh, today I saw social media of, of toddlers in cages, in cages. Jewish-Israeli toddlers have been put in dog cages in Gaza by Hamas, and God only knows, honestly, if these people are going to see the light of day. Like, I, I, we are grieving so badly. Uh, you know, I mean, think about it, 444 days of 52 American hostages held in Iran um, in 1979, and thank God, ultimately, they were released. But we've got twice that number, including small children and babies, being held by people that really are the same, the same religious and, uh, and psychological profile as ISIS, right? These are people that, that shoot a child in front of their mother, shoot the mother in front of the child, uh, chop people's heads off, burn people alive. That's the demonic mindset we're up against. And it is it is winner take all. And uh, so that number of 100 might help wow. people just understand 100 Israelis, including babies and children, young children, in cages, waiting, you know, having no idea if there's hope for tomorrow. And well, we will be pray praying. For Yes, we will be praying uh, for you, for them, for Israel. Joel Rosenberg, you can follow him at Joel C. Rosenberg on social media, also at All Israel News. Thank you so much for your update. We will be praying for you um, in the days and weeks ahead. So that's all the time we have this morning for Jenna Ellis in the morning. You can always reach me and my team, Jenna, at AFR.net. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast 
may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day they save 200 babies' lives. But they can't do it without our help. Will you head over to preborn.com slash AFR and sponsor an ultrasound? Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest serving health cost sharing ministry, helping Christians pay for and pray for one another's medical bills. Make the switch today and start saving. Visit chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR.